0: How can we be cool, calm, and confident enough to overcome unpredictable roadblocks in life and be the passionate healthcare providers we long to be? Let's talk all about it with physician assistant, podcaster, and peak performance speaker, Sabrina Runbeck, right here on episode 304 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. In these days of the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm still bringing you my monthly pandemic updates at the end of each month. Meanwhile, this podcast continues to be all about you, your personal and professional development, your nursing and healthcare career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, medicine, entrepreneurship, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, whether you're new to the show or you've been on this journey with me for months or years. Thanks for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And remember that Nurse Keith Coaching is your destination for all things related to your healthcare career. I offer individualized holistic career coaching for healthcare professionals around the world. Mention the show and you can get 10% off your first coaching package. So email me at Keith at nursekeith.com to schedule a chat. The show notes for this episode, which you're gonna wanna check out, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 304. And today we're joined by new friend of the pod, Sabrina Runbeck. She's, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a peak performance speaker, a cardiothoracic physician assistant, and a whole lot more. And Sabrina, we're gonna talk about your career and your work over the course of the conversation. So the first question I have for you is why has it become so important to you to inspire others and teach others to be calm and confident enough to overcome those roadblocks and be the providers and also the human beings that they really want to be?
1: Such a great question. And thanks to everyone for listening in. I know you can be anywhere, but you choose to be here listening to us. And why do we even go down the path of medicine? Do you remember the first time you got the acceptance letter to your nursing program, your grad school, wherever you got in? How exciting was that? How joyful was that? But ask yourself again, how long did that last? Now, our happiness tend to go fluctuating, ups and down, like we're going through a roller coaster. Why is that? No matter how much gratitude we're practicing, reading, reading all these self-help books, it's not enough because we have these unforeseen self-sabotaging behaviors that once we get into the high promotion, new money, or even getting a PhD, a doctor degree, What does that really mean? They're just letters behind our name. It doesn't relate to necessarily satisfaction. How we want to live? That's the question most of the time people are not being asked or you never really ask yourself. How do I want to live? And why do I want to live that way?
0: Very good question. How do I want to live and why do I want to live that way? So, I have a sense that you may be speaking from personal experience when you're talking about these roadblocks, because I know I've read a little bit that you have overcome burnout and feeling stuck. So did these lessons, were they completely born from your own personal journey?
1: Some are, they are, some are really what's being studied. So one of my coaches from uh, Stanford, he, Dr. Ch- uh, Shiraz Chapman, he teaches on CEOs, athletes, professional like us, how can we get to a level where we are able to sustain our happiness and feel to tap that into your full potential, your satisfaction? The equation he come up with is achievement equals your potential, which is our IQ and EQ. We also know knowledge is not power unless you use it and use it correctly. So, how do we use it? Then is the positive intelligence side of us. Even though we might be curious, we practice gratitude, we give people empathy, we give ourselves empathy. What's missing is that what do you know? There are nine different sabotaging tendencies out there. Which ones do you have? Is it judgment? Is that this hypervigilant means you constantly need to do a lot of things to feel productive? And if you just allow yourself to rest, you feel antsy. It's the controlling thing, Mm -hmm. right? We all want to make sure our patient's are taken care of. If I just calculate every single step, then maybe things will be okay. But you put yourself in such a tight spot and make other people miserable as well. And then there's more, right? The typical avoider. Oh, yeah, time will solve this. We're not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You bury that into subconsciousness. One day will pop up. You least expect it and you don't even know how to deal with it.
0: Right. So you just mentioned, I think, several of the nine types. And I hope you'll send me that list that I can so I can put it in the show notes. And so do you want to rattle off the nine types? I heard avoider, right? And I heard then I heard, well, not types, but the characteristics. I heard hypervigilance, avoidance. What was the first one you mentioned? Judgment judgment. Do you mean judgment of the self or is it just judgment of anything around you and the self?
1: Yeah, it's both. It's both. Think about when we're in school. Yeah, This happens to a lot of us. We have this bell curve and we feel like we have to be on the top of the bell curve. But when you're in these intensive programs, it's going to be hard. And mm-hmm. I remember one of my friend's are crying nonstop because one test she felt below the median Hmm. and our program even took that completely away just so we don't judge ourselves so harshly that just because we felt below median now we think right that acoly our identity is broken and same thing as if we are that's the sabotager is a judgment, self-criticism, but that mm-hmm. also tied into the other judgment means high achiever. You feel like only you achieve certain degree, then your confidence and your identity is matched.
0: Right. I need that PhD in order to feel good about myself. And, and some of this can come from our families, our culture, our parents, or society at large, right? Correct. Right. So, so what are some of the other roadblocks or characteristics of the nine that you'd like to point out that you see a lot in your fellow healthcare professionals? Because you're a physician assistant, cardiothoracic, so you've been around and those are high pressure situations where you work. So what are some of the other things you think that pop up?
1: Professionism is another high ranking up there
0: professionalism and do you mean professionalism in terms of i mean we talk about professionalism as a positive like we 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 strive for professionalism but is there a dark side is there a shadow to professionalism yes how does that manifest
1: that means when you need to do anything you have to calculate and you feel like if you don't put out 110 percent then it's mm-hmm. not good enough. And that become analysis paralysis. How do I make sure everything is okay to be perfect in my standard? It's very subjective mm-hmm. when it comes to perfection. Otherwise, I am not good enough in other people's eyes. So in a sense, it's we are putting ourselves down. You are destroying your self-confidence instead of seeing If you don't put this out, if you don't give the advice, if you don't act now, how much will other people are missing out because your knowledge, because your resources?
0: Mm -hmm. You mean because you're holding back for fear of judgment or failure, right? So talking about that shadow side of professionalism, to me, runs a line back to connecting back to um, overachiever right and also self-judgment and self-recrimination right so these these areas that you are identifying as the things that get in our way and it's not just healthcare professionals i mean it could be lawyers it could be business people marketers could be politicians could be anybody right school teachers so These are probably pretty common among most human beings who've who've lived on this earth. So have those been identified or corroborated in research as well? Because you mentioned your mentor at Stanford. So was there research done to really dig deep to find what these common roadblocks are for for people?
1: Right. So that's a part of his. Uh, research for these nine different sabotaging behaviors, the saboteurs. So each of them, we actually can create a name for them. So my professionalism, I call her Miss Noah All, right? And she's the one who always pop up and telling me like, well, who do you think you are to put this thing up? Did you not remember to do XYZ? And Mm -hmm. that tendency we can recognize it's not us. It's just simply a part of our brain, a part of the thinking. And therefore, to take back control, we know every one negative experience or thought takes at least Mm -hmm. three to overcome them. Therefore, mental immunity is a fitness as well. Means it's like our human muscle. We have to mm-hmm. continue to build and grow. It's not something we can just read about and hear about once and then boom, libel and be done with.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you say mental immunity?
1: Mm-hmm. I call them tell
0: men- me, mental. Tell Im- me about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I say uh, mental immunity is as important as physical immunity. Physical immunity, we know, e-wealth, uh, exercise, build up mm-hmm. your basic systems sleep well so you can repel diseases right, right. so crucial right. in this time right now and with work related stress being causing 190 billion dollars in the healthcare costs we also need to be aware of ourselves and not stretch ourselves thin now where are you going are you giving mm-hmm. what's left of you or are you giving the best of you same thing with mental immunity how do you build immunity is because we have the ability to train our mind, like what's cognitive psychology is saying, right? Neuroscience. There's a way we can pivot our thinking to these curiosity side, the empathy side. But if we couldn't pivot, that's when we start rehearsing. Oh my goodness. I can't believe she said that. If only I did X, Y, Z before, then I won't end up this cycle. Our emotion only lasts about 80 to 90 seconds but when we keep rehearsing these that's when we get stuck right if we just know this tendency is what got us stuck it's just the tendency it's not us then we can move ourselves by highlighting other area of our body so we can reboot our energy focus be more calmer to respond to the situation and be more resourceful instead of just hot-headed and jump right in trying to fix something.
0: Mm-hmm. So so in your your work, I mean, you are your you're cardiothoracic um, physician's assistant, so that's your clinical work. And But in your work as a peak performance speaker and however else that manifests in your career, has that been central to how you've developed this part of your career, this sort of outside of, you know, your clinical, the clinical space. Is this the message that you're bringing to people? Is this really the, like the, the core of your message, what you're talking about here?
1: Yes. My background is actually in neuroscience and public health. And even when I did public health before I became a professional speaker, my research was on self-care, self-efficacy, and managing your stress level through music, through body. And even back then, what psychology calls a specific good action triggers multiple other good action. That's what I found in my research. When you believe you can do something, and you're able to do that one thing, rest of the hab- habits, routines, ritual, whatever you call them, are able to manifest, able to happen in your life to keep you on a good spot. That's why many research have been talking about just having a morning routine. Why is it so important mm-hmm. to get up early? Well, it's being associated with more productivity, more creativity. In our life, but it's not even just about getting up early. It's about the first couple hours of what you do in that first couple hours to set your day for the rest of the day. Like Elon Musk, right? This C- CEO of Disney, what they do? They do a burst of cardiovascular exercise, like the research being done by the Happiness Advantage, right? The Harvard researcher. Just mm-hmm. ten minutes is as good as taking antidepressant, right? Amazing. And now there are other people talked about if we write journal, if we write down our thoughts, and that's one of the exercises I talk about, how do you quickly pivot a bad day into a good day is first write it down. If we just keep thinking out loud in our head, it becomes even worse and your mind just go crazy with it. Mm -hmm.
0: I can see that in myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But. So if you first write it down of whatever fear or upset this thing is and then you draw a line, you write down what's the probability of this going to spiral out into this terrible thing that you can't even imagine? Mm. Draw another line. What's the probability of this turn into a gift and opportunity for you? Mm. And then draw another line. Now you Become your best friend. What will she or he tell you you should be doing right now after you have assessed everything?
0: So the first section of the paper where you're writing this down is your fear or concern or problem. You draw a line. And then the next thing is did you say the worst thing that could possibly happen? The worst outcome that you could imagine from that particular fear or situation, Correct. right? And then you draw a line. And then the next section is, I'm trying to remember now, you just told me and I don't remember. Turned, what was the third one?
1: How would this actually can turn into oh, a Oh, how could it become gift, a gift? An opportunity Yeah,
0: for you? right. And then the fourth section at the bottom is, if you were your best friend telling you how to, perhaps approach this situation or learn from the situation, what would you say to yourself? So speaking of morning routines, so it sounds like that's something that you do for yourself or often probably also teach people to do like you are here on this podcast. What does that mean for you? How do you start your day? And what do you use as an example of what what Sabrina does as she gets up in the morning and begins, you know, prepping herself for a day?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Great question. Yeah. There are so many different ways that we can create this power hour, what I call them. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the simple ways, both adding a self-determination theory, right? Based on Mm -hmm. your intrinsic value, personality and belief system and affirmation. Because if we're just writing down information, you don't believe in a word, it it won't help. It's just a chore for you. So what I do is the night before I go to sleep, I'm going to think about something that I truly believe in myself that I'm good at. This is an exercise I actually teach on my workshop. So I have people just write down, give me a couple sentences on what do you like about yourself? Nothing fluff, but something you actually truly believe. And then pick one of the sentences. Program that as your morning alarm. When we have our alarm set up, there is a section for notes. So put That's
0: true on an iPhone or yeah, yeah, yep.
1: iPhone Joy mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. have. When that alarm come alive, guess what? Is that message pop up? Mm-hmm. How do you feel that time? Something that you are really good at, All right? Let's take this step further. When you get up, the tendency for most people is, I'm start thinking about everything that I need to do today. Right. That puts stress in your body Mm -hmm. because that list is going to be really long. I know usually my list is long.
0: Mine is too.
1: If we keep thinking about what we have to do, then you start becoming the procrastination side. Oh, I don't even know if I wanted to get up and tackle this right now. But if you wake up with that sentence already brightened yourself up, right? And you read it, then why would you want to snooze that? Mm-hmm. You wanted to look at it and read it. And then once you jump out of bed, what I do really quickly is the stretching, right? Mm-hmm. Do a Simple yoga stretch, noticing your body because it's been rigid for six and a half whatever amount of hours you're sleeping.
0: Maybe even eight hours if you're lucky. Right. Yeah.
1: And then I start going to the bathroom, start waking myself up, washing my teeth and washing my face. At that time, I actually repeat that sentence out loud in front of a mirror.
0: The one that was on your alarm. Yes. Okay. So this takes a lot of discipline, it sounds like. Yeah. And this is your discipline that you do every morning.
1: Right. So something yeah. you feel like is extra is that message part. Okay. Because most people don't think about, oh, what did I really like about myself today? Well, when we jump on today, I mentioned, hey, guess what? It's actually a blessing that I got a workshop in this morning at seven o'clock in the hospital. I got on the mm-hmm. Kevin MD podcast. I got on the Keith nurse podcast. And then I yeah. have a couple more to go, mm-hmm. even though it seems hectic, but it is blessing that people want to share this message. So that mm-hmm. can be my message for tomorrow morning.
0: I see. So you take that and you extrapolate it out and then you could bring it to the next day. Right. Okay. So in the morning, it sounds like mindset is very important. And then it sounds like next is getting into your body somehow stretching doing some cardiovascular something to to get yourself present in your body and then take care of your morning ablutions you know washing your face and brushing your teeth and then i'm sure eating or drinking and somehow feeding your body right and i can hear a nurse out there saying yeah it's really easy to say but i have five kids and they they jump on me in the morning before my alarm even goes off. And so for someone who has a life that feels like it's not, um, they're not capable of creating a discipline like this for themselves. When we come back from the break, I want to jump right back into that. And then I want to talk about your podcast and the fact that you and I are both on the Health Podcast Network and also about your speaking career and some more techniques you can recommend for people to bring into their lives in order to be more fulfilled and happier and more productive. And we'll get into some of your other theories and ideas right after the break. So now we're gonna take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse keith to read all about it. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash nurse keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. Hey, this is Nurse Keith. Thanks for hanging out with me here with guest Sabrina Runbeck. We're having a great time here at episode 304. And remember, the show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 304. And Sabrina, right before the break, we were talking about this morning routine that you feel is very important in terms of setting yourself up for the day and then also finding little hints of what you can use to set yourself up positively for the following day, right? So, and right before the break, I said, yes, there's a nurse out there listening who says, yeah, I have five kids, little kids, and they jump on the bed and wake me up in the morning and I have to get them off to school. Well, maybe right now she has to get them off to um." learn online on their iPads or whatever, and she feels like her life is not her own, right? She has to get to work, take care of the kids. Maybe she has aging parents who live across town. What can a person like that who feels they're just this close from breaking, right? And maybe even in the middle of the pandemic, there's even more layers of that existential stress and worry and anxiety. So what would you recommend for someone who's at that extreme place and feeling like I can't even manage to get out of bed without having to take care of these five children? How do they, how does she overcome this? What is the step she can take?
1: So I'm going to say something people are not going to like to hear. Okay. I'm, Can tell you most time overwhelm, stress, burnout is not really a burnout issue. It's a decision making issue. It's a leadership issue. Why are we saying leadership issue? You are the head of household technically. Mm -hmm. If you allow yourself to tap into your pleaser tendency of just give and pour and make excuses for yourself that someone else needs me. Well, I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it because this and that. You already put yourself in the lower spot. You put your own value on the bottom of everything. Hmm. Take ownership of that.
0: That sounds suspiciously like martyrdom. And I've, I've talked about nurse martyr syndrome before. And I know nurses specifically. I know you're not a nurse. You're a medical provider. But I know that, and I've spoken to many nurses who do have that tendency. They tend to to the side of the equation of giving, 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 like you just said, and always wanting to please. And who knows, we could bring that back to, you know, their childhood households. And and I've read, there's been studies and information out there about how nurses, many nurses come from households where there was alcoholism or some sort of addiction or codependence. So you're saying that it has to be a conscious decision to be the CEO of your own life, right? You have to be the leader of your own life. And many of us, I think, sometimes feel like we're not. So that's why you said they're not going to like your answer, right? Because it's, it, they have to take control and do it themselves, right?
1: Right, exactly. And also think it this way. Now- It's not just nursing providers do the same thing as anybody. And I have people who come to me who are lawyers, entrepreneur. They do the same thing just because you run big companies doesn't mean you have everything together, right?
0: True. From
1: all of us, we can have many different letters behind our name. So what if you don't feel that this life you're living in is going to give you the satisfaction, the happiness and fulfillment? And all mm-hmm. this other stuff become fluff. We just got it to prove a point. But once the right. point is proven, how much is that happiness can be sustained? So one thing right. I have been doing with all my client, and actually one of the things they love is a burned out bulletproof alignment worksheet. Because you so deserve, just give yourself half hour every week. What we're doing is simply identifying three your top three and only three core value system of how you want to show up this week. Mm. If anything comes to you, not number one, two, three, guess what? They're eliminated. There are distractions mm. that's going to rob your precious time, energy, and sanity. Only three. And those within those three, then you're also going to list what are the non-negotiables versus good to do. Don't confuse mm. those two. Non-negotiable means you have to get your kids up, right? Right, um, yeah. But good to do could be they actually need to be dressed by me. They can dress themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And I see.
1: Think about what are the things that truly gonna provide you long-term result versus a short-term gain. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just about your own value system. What are the things truly lights you up based on your skills, based on your hobbies that you never have tapped into? What is this one thing you can tap into this week? Whether it's connecting with another person to help you or you're gonna do some self-discovery. right Novelty creates excitement in life. Mm-hmm. And then, who are the people that you need to connect to this week? bring you to the next level of your career or just personal, or just because you haven't even thought about that social support in a long time. We have to actively reach out and tap into these key components of our life. Again, now about quantity is quality of your present.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're saying you identify those three core values that are going to be central to your life. For instance, for that week, and you're saying you have your non-negotiables, like the things you absolutely have to do. You need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to get the kids fed, you know, those things that have, you have to get to work. And then there are the things that you're saying that maybe they are negotiable this week, that they don't necessarily have to happen, right? And I think a lot of us in healthcare, we probably live in a state of hypervigilance, probably at work and at home, And if we look at our to-do list, like I look at my to-do list right here behind me, it's on a whiteboard, everything looks equally important. Everything looks like it all has to happen at the same time. And I know that's where I get tripped up. And that's where my mind can go into overwhelm because that to-do list is long. And it's not really put in any order that tells me, well, this is of more importance than the other thing. If I have writing deadlines or a podcast deadline or something I'm doing for a client, I know, okay, this article's due tomorrow. So that's my top priority. And that's what I was doing today before you and I spoke. I was finishing the article due tomorrow. But then we have the other things in our lives that maybe aren't so cut and dry. You know, we don't have deadlines for them, right? So when we have those things that they're not the things with deadlines. They're the things we impose upon ourselves for whatever reason, because it's what our father told us we were supposed to do, or our our professor told us that's what we should do. What do we do with the things that are hanging over us that we feel like we should do? But we probably know in our hearts that they uh, they are not non-negotiable. How do we weed out the stuff that's less important? Is, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask you.
1: Have you heard about a focus funnel?
0: No, no. What's a focus funnel?
1: Okay, so use our worksheet, for example. All the stuff that's your internal expectation, external expectation, you first f- go through a filter of, does that align with one of my three value system? If it's hmm. no, it's automatically eliminated. Now the next step we come to is can I automate this thing? If can be automated mm-hmm. that again. And that means pass on to your VA, automate that, and that mm-hmm. go into the VA part. Can it mm-hmm. be delegated? It doesn't have to be a VA, it could be our team. Even a people, virtual
0: assistant. Yeah, meaning, right, virtual yeah, if assistant. You're a bus, if you're a business person. If right. you're a
1: business person. And even without a business person, I recommend it to a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. you have a lot of family members, you need to coordinate, just having yeah. a part-time people just to go through scheduling and mm-hmm. keep track of birthdays, send out gifts, those main mm-hmm. things, you know, even holiday coming up, like just mm-hmm. think about what I have to buy for people, it's a, a stress that you don't even have to think about. People can search these options for you.
0: Right, right. So you're saying oh, to one ex- to to one extent, or on one side, you're saying delegate. You delegate to other people or other systems if possible. Right.
1: Right. So okay.
0: So that's that's one.
1: So focus funnel comes. First step is eliminate. If it's not matching one of your three value system, it's already gone. Okay. And then the second step. Is can you automate? So things mm-hmm. you still have to do, but it could be an online scheduling system. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a, a auto reminder, even yeah.
0: or a shared family calendar, yes. for instance.
1: And Google Drive, you can put all the pictures together instead of sending mm-hmm. out individually. And even Google Calendar, if you have an event come up, you share that calendar, you can add reminders on there. You don't have Mm -hmm. to physically text people and send out emails.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And so there's some type of automation going on there. Then we can think about, okay, fine, it cannot be automated. Can I delegate this out? Whether it is a family member, a virtual Mm -hmm. assistant, or even at work, can we share responsibility with someone else for coverage? I mean, nurses
0: are very bad at that often, very bad at delegating because we, we know we can do it better and faster. so we think, oh, I should just do it myself, right?
1: Yes, and it's not just nurses. It's really You've probably
0: done it too. Yeah, I yeah, done it too. Everybody.
1: It's everybody Me too. Especially you you're your, especially you're the ambitious high performer, you, you want to go yeah. go, go. You feel yeah. like if I have to wait for someone else, What if I don't like it? What Mm -hmm. if it's not as good? That's what tendency controlling,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that focus funnel helps you get rid of the extraneous stuff that really isn't important to you. And then you find the tools or techniques or people, right? Whether it's Google Calendar, whether it's your virtual assistant, or maybe it's your eldest child who actually can, you can delegate certain things to him or her for you know coordinating the younger children. So there there often are ways. Sometimes people are in circumstances where we can acknowledge might be much more difficult for them. But many of us can find ways to do that. So if if we if we shift over to career for a second, you know, you have these these thoughts and ideas about how to build momentum for your career. Like say we've You've learned how to take care of yourself. You've learned how to have a morning routine and use the focus funnel and have those three things that define who you are and how you run your life. So if you want to move your career forward as a professional and you've taken care of this other stuff, what are some of the things that are important for you and that you teach and speak about, about career building?
1: Right. All of those we just talked about are foundation. Right. Okay. And then we're moving on to the next level is what we tapped into right in the earlier when we started the show. What mm-hmm. is the ideal lifestyle that you want and why you want it? Right. And once you have that picture and uh, visualize it, you want it to be as specific as possible because vagueness is when we feel like it's too big. It's not possible. And we stop Mm -hmm. doing it. We procrastinate. So number one is visualize down to the detail of how we want to work. Who do we want to spend time with? Do we want to travel urban living, suburbia house apartment, Mm -hmm. however you want to think about. And number two is how good would it feel when you have it?
0: Mm.
1: What are the emotional triggers?
0: So you're being—it's specificity about what you want, and then you're moving into a feeling state.
1: Right. Right. That feeling state is the mm-hmm. major driving force of who we are as a person. Right. Hmm. We all know when we get the butterfly turning, and that's when we're like, "Yes, let's do it!" Right. Yeah. And um, that love, almost like you're so joyful, giving so much love to this project or this idea of that you have. That's why Mm -hmm. you're moving forward. And now you have the visualization, the clarity and the emotion. And then the third one is who are you living this for? Is it just yourself? Is your family? Is it the people who rely on you from work or your client? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Study Mm -hmm. also being shown high performers do better if they're driven by a purpose.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So this purpose means if I don't show up as my best, mm-hmm. these people are depend on me, then wh- who are you now? What's my purpose and mission in life that ties right into this piece? Hmm. So now, would you really stop if all these people are dependent on you, looking up to you, because you have the resources that they need, and you can really make a big change in that life?
0: hmm so we have gone from the foundational things right from when you first set your alarm at night to when you get up in the morning and now we're moving into not abstract but the the bigger bigger pieces of what we really want in life and i often talk to my coaching clients about okay so they often ask me so why do you want to know like what my pet's names are and, and who my spouse is and what I, what books I love and what movies I like because that's what I ask in a lot of my assessment sheets when clients work with me. And I often say it's because I need to know who you are and what kind of life you really live and what you want to live so that I can help you create or consider creating the career you really want. And I like to look at you know, the short term, the midterm and the long term because in the short term, maybe you need a job because you're going to lose your house if you can't pay your mortgage. So that's a short-term need, a goal. And that's a, that's a mission-driven purpose, right? I need to not lose my house. But once you take care of those things, then you can think about, well, where do I really want to be with my family in five or 10 years, right? And is that where you're saying this specificity is important of like, I want to live in the city, I want to have this, this, and this, and this is the lifestyle I want. Is that is that close to what you're saying here?
1: Yeah, because we're creating an aim in life. When people are getting into the routine of same thing yet another day, that's okay. when they feel dissatisfied and burning out. Therefore, it is ultimately a decision-making issue of what do they decide their life can be. And when they take charge, then you position yourself into the leadership spot. The next Mm -hmm. level of our tapping into full potential is Mm -hmm. understanding what is your style of influence. Where do you absorb influence and how do you deliver influence and how then what are the tendencies that you accidentally diminishing others and how can you bring out the best in others? If we can bring out the best in others, Think about the power of that. Whenever you have a novelty idea, people will jump on the wagon because you already created an army of walking ambassadors. You're not hitting walls when something coming up. You already invested yourself for this relationship you have built. And that's hmm. how you can tap into your full potential after you have this vision on what you want to build.
0: Hmm. So that's, that's an interesting way to look at this. So I talk a lot about networking and building your your brain trust of people who you can lean on and look to and who can look to you, you know, symbiotic relationships. So it sounds similar to what I talk about. And you're saying here that, that if you create these positive relationships and you have positive influence, then you're saying your army of walking ambassadors that people are going to follow you and they're going to want to help you realize your, your goals, right? Let's say you're a, you're a unit manager of, I don't know, let's say a step-down unit in a teaching hospital, right? And you want to bring the unit to the next level. If you've been denigrating people and unkind to people and pushing people away, it's going to be hard to get your next initiative off the ground, Right. But if you've been kind and compassionate and built positive mutual regard with people, that's your army of walking ambassadors you're talking about. Right.
1: Correct. There are ways we can multiply other people's talent or diminishing them. And
0: multiply other people's talents.
1: Yes. Okay. So diminishing them are things like you overshadow people's work controlling tendency. I feel like I need to make sure you got everything you need. So I'm going to kind of follow you around and micromanage. Uh, Other thing can be, well, everything is easy. You should be able to do it because I'm able to do it. Then Mm -hmm. people are going to feel like you don't really know how hard they have worked. You don't appreciate the effort. Mm -hmm. And some other things out of the six are you have too much elite. Right? Think about when you're running with your partner, you wanted to mm-hmm. keep a good pace. If your pace is so long, people feel like they can't catch up. Why would they want to put in more effort? Because you already put so much elite. They feel discouraged. Mm. Right? Right.
0: So- right. I see. So so this sounds to me like like servant leadership where you lead from behind where you're not micromanaging, you're letting people grow and you're letting them explore, but you you have good relationships, so you're present for the people who report to you so that so that they can evolve, but they know you're there if they need you, right? You're not, like you said, micromanaging the people who report to you or, or that you delegate to.
1: Yeah, correct. So part of it is that being the servant leadership and mm-hmm. no micromanaging. Don't be too much of a lead. Don't be too happy either. Because if you make everything so easy, you don't recognize people's hard work. And mm. uh, also, is don't react too quickly. Allow people to think on their own. If you're too fast to respond to emails, problem solving, why would people come up with the, their own idea? And um, Another thing is, think about what y- you want is a space that people can come to you. So if we put up the front of, well, I'm the uh, this need to be done this way, then people would again wouldn't think on their own of creating some novelty because individually we're all genius in a different way. Most of the time, we don't know our own genius, Zoom. And that's how you discover by talking to people. The things that come super easy to you, sometimes people don't even want to do it because it's too easy, but not realizing it's very difficult for others. If we can collaborate, create that synergy, and that's Mm. actually masterminding technically, right? You're compounding everyone's knowledge, time, and resource to get something done faster. And that means the leader need to actually know your people, what they're good at, having that conversation. So if you need something, this is the right people you talk to.
0: Yeah. That's where I talk about intrapreneurship, where we have to allow people to be intrapreneurs. And like you said, novel ideas, coming up with their own solutions, giving them the space to, to grow. Because if we micromanage and we're overshadowing them all the time, they're not gonna feel creative. And we see that a lot in the tech industry where people are allowed to go off, like we hear about Google and Facebook and Twitter and these big tech companies in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, where people are allowed to go off and, and like just brainstorm what might seem crazy, but can sometimes lead to some really exceptional ideas. And I wish in more of the healthcare space, we had the time and space and the the breadth of action and thought to be able to come up with these novel ideas. There are places where innovation happens. Um, University of Pennsylvania has, Penn Nursing has an innovation center and Ohio Ohio State has an innovation center. So there are pockets of places where innovation happens in healthcare, but healthcare is so driven by that bottom line of money that oftentimes innovation gets stifled, right? Because we're not allowing people to to, to think more creatively because they just don't have time. And you're talking about a, a form of what I see as like, um, I guess I would call it enlightened leadership in healthcare. So before we wind down, I do want to talk about your podcast and your other work, but I want to ask you one more question. So what, are the hopes you have in the 21st century in the healthcare space? Because we're both healthcare providers. Um, Well, I'm not a provider anymore, but I'm still a healthcare person, professional. What are the hopes and dreams you have, say in the next 25 years, where this type of creative thinking can become more common in healthcare?
1: Right, that is one of my big audacious goals. How can we see medicine practicing differently instead of being Mm -hmm. driven by learning yet another medical model or getting CME just so you can get extra credit for this different treatment type? Well, treatment is always going to evolve. And even you can learn everything. Your brain is not in a capacity to hold on to everything. But what we can do is be resourceful and be the problem solver that you already are. That's why you got into healthcare. Not to memorize all the stuff, but able to tackle the problem as they exist. And at the end of the day, we have to have this foundation of pulling ourselves, not making excuses. Oh, pandemic is restricting me. My patient is X, Y, Z. Well, my family doing this, that's why I couldn't do my self-care. You continue to put yourself last, then you're giving out what's left of you, not what's the best of you for us to be tap into our full potential take ownership of who you are and learn the skills that you need to pivot from the negativity to the positive side and stop just building your knowledge base. That's only mm-hmm. half the equation when you come to mm-hmm. achievement.
0: Hmm. So I I see and I've talked a lot about on this show and interviewed, Millennial leaders, young millennial leaders who are really the up and coming people in the healthcare space. Millennials are now the largest portion of the workforce. The next generation is entering the workforce now, too. So I have a lot of hope in this generation, even though they're up against everything that the older generations have completely messed up climate change, politics, everything. But I have a lot of hope that this generation. And the one coming after will be able to change some of these basic ways in which healthcare works, the way medical practice, medical education, nursing education. Do you have that hope too?
1: Yes, I totally agree with you. Now, millennials mm-hmm. are more than third of the working force right now. Yes, right. But we're not actually practicing at our, our optima. I was recently on Fox News and other channels talking about specifically how do we empower young voters during Mm. this election time. It's not about submitting your vote. It's about in psychology, when we have one good behavior, it triggers other ones. And Mm. that behavior of just submitting your vote, it's about building confidence in your decision. The most stress we're creating Right now, it's a belonging issue. You feel like you have to pick the right party so it can create a good future for you. You are putting yourself, who you are, and how your life should be on other people's hands instead of coming back to you. You, as Brene Brown says, belong to yourself. When you really understand, trust yourself, and remove these sabotaging behavior we talked about, Then you trust yourself to be in any situation. You're resourceful to solve it.
0: Mm, Well said. Now, you speak on stage, right, and virtually now too, of course, during the pandemic. So you're you're a speaker, and you go out there and motivate people. You've been on TV, right? You've been on podcasts. You've been everywhere. Um, You. And speaking of podcasts, you and I are both on the Health Podcast Network now, which is wonderful. And tell us just a little bit, what's your elevator pitch about your podcast and what's the name of it?
1: My podcast is called the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Great. I believe that for you to be a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life, you need to Mm -hmm. tap into all key components of our life. Just because we are expert in our career, it doesn't mean we're expert in every aspect of our life. And that's okay as well. Allow yourself to learn how to be more you and what other skills that you need to tap into. That's where you can find where I interview experts plus my own knowledge into building that mental immunity, physical fitness, career achievement, Financial intelligence, relationship building, finding Mm. who you are in this journey so you can understand yourself to elevate everything else in your life.
0: Well, it's a great podcast. And that's the powerful and passionate healthcare professional podcast. And that's on the health po- Health podcast network, right where I am too. And where we find Sanjay Gupta and the Mayo Clinic and New England Journal of Medicine and Kevin MD and all those really awesome people. And, you know, it's it's really an honor to have you here and an honor that I'm going to be on your show as well. So we can share that experience. And, Before we go, I want to make sure people know to go to sabrinarunbeck.com. And Sabrina is just like it sounds, S-A-B-R-I-N-A and runbeck, R-U-N-B-E-C-K.com. And you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We'll have all that in the show notes. And if you have a great video of you speaking or something, we can embed that in the show notes. And we'll have a link to your podcast, which would be wonderful. And if you have one more message for a nurse or healthcare professional listening out there right now who wants to really fulfill their potential, what's one message you would have for them that they could take away from this conversation?
1: Awesome. Les and Anabam. I'm all yes. about having your heck yes life. So number okay. one, what does that look like for you? And number two, listen You have to say no to almost everything so you Mm -hmm. can say heck yes to the only things that matter in your life.
0: Mm, Thank you. That's a great way to end. Thank you so much, Sabrina. You're awesome. And I look forward to being interviewed for your show and following you on the Health Podcast Network. So thanks for being here with this really, really inspiring message when people are really needing it. So thanks so much for the privilege of having you here.
1: Thanks, Keith, so much for spending this time with me. And thanks everyone for listening. in. we so appreciate your time. You can be doing anything, but you choose us. Thank you so much.
0: Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Nurse Keith Show. And remember to learn all about Sabrina Runbeck, head over to nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 304. Please subscribe to her podcast, her newsletter, follow her on all the social media channels because it's really worth doing. I hope you feel really uplifted and empowered and inspired from this episode and take that inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and well-being. And if you need Personalized holistic career coaching. Look no further than NurseKeith.com and get in touch with me. The Nurse Keith Show is a member of Ars Longa Media, a collaboration network of podcasts and media entities dedicated to professional education and partnering to improve social ills. Find them at arslonga.media. Longa That's A R S L O N G A dot Media. The Nurse Keith Show, along with Sabrina Runbeck's podcast, is a proud member of the Health Podcast. Network, one of the largest and fastest growing collections of authoritative, high quality podcasts taking on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. That's at healthpodcastnetwork.com. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. And Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. My eternal thanks to Rob and Mark for keeping the wheels turning. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying audio till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And our new friend of the pod, Sabrina Runbeck saying see you later from
1: Houston, Texas
0: from houston texas thank you sabrina thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you on the flip side